I came to this country in 1981, and on a rare occasion, if Asia Society would show an Indian film or something like that, I would go running for it. But now I, I feel there's so much India around, which is more Indians also, a lot more Indians. But it's, I think it, it's good. I mean, it, it, it's good because, you know, while we're living in America, I think culturally to stay connected with where your roots are. Good morning. This is Epicenter NYC. We connect our communities to news, information, and each other. I'm Andrea Pineda Salgado. There's a Desi explosion in theater on and off Broadway. Life of Pi, based on the best-selling book by Jan Martel, has already been nominated for multiple Tonys. Monsoon Wedding has been so popular that its run at St. Anne's Warehouse in Brooklyn has been extended, and Mughal e Azam is opening at the Coke Theater at Lincoln Center next month. And these are just a handful of the South Asian-themed works that are captivating audiences across New York City and across the country. Over the weekend, hundreds flocked into three different theaters for the 23rd year of the New York Indian Film Festival, which was the biggest turnout since its founding in the wake of 9-11. Today, Epicenter publisher Mitra Kalita speaks to New York Indian Film Festival director and film critic Asim Chabra about this moment in South Asian arts and culture and the shows you won't want to miss. Tell me a little bit about why we have an Indian film festival in New York City. Let's start there. Well, we have an African film festival in New York City. We have a Jewish film festival. We have a couple of South Asian. We have a Sikh film festival. We have Hungarian and Italian and Brazilian film festivals. So it's good to have an Indian film festival. But let me tell you a little background information. Our festival is 23 years old. It started late fall of 2001 after the attacks on the Twin Towers, when people were just sort of afraid to go out. And so one of the things that Mayor Giuliani at that time uh, uh, said was ask the arts organizations basically to organize events. In fact, the Tribeca Film Festival was born out of that also, except for Tribeca was held in the spring of 2002. Our festival, the first edition was in November of 2001. I actually did not know that history. And it's so interesting because you and I were both involved in efforts after 9-11 for coverage of South Asians to be mm -hmm. fair and balanced. And so it's just, I, I had no idea that that was- I wasn't issue. involved in the festival initially. I went for the first uh, edition itself because in fact, the festival closed with Mon Mira Nair's monsoon wedding. She had just come from Venice after having won the Golden Lion and then the, the attacks happened on September 11th. But I knew the the team, and then I somehow got into the uh, programming component of it also. And then in 2011, I became the festival director. Yeah. So because I knew you were curating this film festival, I've been wanting to talk to you forever about what's happening in New York. I feel like I haven't seen an energy in at least theater like this since maybe... I mean, maybe the moment after like Slumdog Millionaire. I mean, I'm just, I'm trying to think of like when I've seen this energy and just to rattle off some of what we're seeing. Uh, of course, Life of Pi is on Broadway right now. Um, off Broadway, there was a, a show called Illyria, which Epicenter actually featured in our newsletter. Um, that was a production about a small town in Ohio and these immigrants collided from their past. Um, you have Monsoon Wedding that's uh, debuting in Brooklyn at, I think, the St. Anne's Warehouse, if mm -hmm. I'm not mistaken. And then in uh, June, you have Mughalayazam 
the theater performance showing for three days. It's coming from India at Lincoln Center. Those are the ones I know about, but it feels like feels like a lot compared to what we've seen before. I'm just wondering, is this a moment? What's happening here? Well, I don't want to read into trends, but you saw recently, just before the Oscars, two or three days before the Oscars, there was this major South Asian in the arts party up in Hollywood. And our friend Purna Jagannath was yeah. there. In fact, I interviewed Purna immediately after that for a piece in the Hindu. And the whole idea was, of course, I looked at her career, et cetera, but I wanted to capture that moment, what happened there. And I think basically, apart from the fact that three Indian films were nominated for the Oscars, I think we've reached a stage, and in a larger context, not just Indian, but South Asian also, because Joyland has been doing very well. Miss Marvel played last year uh, sure. on Disney. Um, and just so, to clarify, Purna Jagannathan is the star of Never Have I Ever, yes. which is about to show season four in Netflix. And Joyland is a film. It's that, a Pakistani film. It's a Pakistani film. And then Miss Marvel, of course, was on Disney. Plus, it was like it was wonderful, right. I thought. Yeah. And by yeah. the way, there's also there's also a, a British Pakistani film that just opened on uh, April 28th called Polite Society. It's opened in UK and US and in, in India. And it's about these two sisters, although the actresses are of Indian origin, but the Pakistani British act, you know, one of them wants to become a stunt woman and she's doing karate, jude, and the other one's getting involved in arranged marriages. And it looks like South Asian culture and, you know, puts it upside down kind of a thing. So to answer your question, something definitely is happening. As our numbers increase, more and more uh, young people of Indian origin in this country, more and more are get, getting into the arts. People, the parents are much more encouraging. Clearly, that party that happened immediately after the, the, before the Oscar was a sign. It was packed with just every South Asian Indian actor I've, I've known over years. Everybody flew from New York to LA also. So what is happening now with Life of Pi and with Monsoon Wedding and uh, that show coming from India, Mughali Azam, I think it's a sign of times have changed. When when Slumdog Millionaire uh, ran in 2008, it was a huge hit, won eight Oscars and made a lot of money, I think made like $350 million hmm. worldwide. There was all this talk about like, okay, now there are going to be a lot of films of Indian themes and, you know, and India is the best place to shoot. A lot of Hollywood producers and directors were talking about, we're going to make films in India, we're going to make films in India. Nothing came out of that. I think it was too early. I don't think next year we're going to have three Indian films nominated. Maybe there will not be a single Indian film nominated. Yeah. But one cannot ignore the fact that there are two very significant Indian plays, both uh, based on one, one's based on a very well-known Booker Prize novel, Life of Pi, but it was a very successful film. And Monsoon Wedding was also a very successful film. And you know, just as if Lion King can can come to Broadway, yeah, that's a good point. Monsoon... Also, these are not necessarily original theater productions; they're based on something that people know generally has worked. Yeah, but half of Broadway is that. Huh? Half of Broadway is, except that it is again like. You know, there have been a number of shows that have come and gone on Broadway, and there was like a diversity wave only for some of those shows. Like there was a show called Ain't No Mo that lasted, I think it was like two weeks. Oh, wow. You know, so I do think that commercially, you know, I think there is a little bit of safety in the productions that I'm I saw Life of Pi last week. I have not read the book, but I'd seen the film. And the narrative is very faithful to the film, which means the film must be faithful to the book also. But while the story, of course, is about this this kid who's stuck, a teenage boy 
stuck in the middle of the ocean for like 300 days or 200, I forget how many days, with a tiger, basically. You know, when the film was made, Ang Lee went to Taiwan, the main ocean sequences, they took over a, a huge abandoned airport, converted that into a massive tank of water. And they shot the film there. How do you do that on a small stage of Broadway? The staging is absolutely so great. stunning. I, I think the scenes where he pops up out of the water, yeah. you're just like, how did they do that? I, I agree with you. It's but the puppets... And the puppets and the oh tiger. And it was nominated for a number of Tony Awards. Why are you looking at me like that? Is it me next? Is that what you think? You scare me. But when I'm with you, I feel better. Does this feel like not just a moment, but maybe could this be a regular feature of theater in New York City or? I, I hope so. I don't, there's no way I can predict. Now, Mughal Azam coming to uh, Lincoln Center. Mughal Azam has been traveling around India for six, seven, five, and six And how years. would you explain Mughal Azam to a kind of lay So listener? that was a classic film made in 1960, this big grandeur film. The Mughals were... Um, Muslims uh, who invaded India, but they came and settled down in India, basically. And it's a story about Akbar, who was uh, actually, quote, was a secular king, basically. He had four wives, including a Hindu wife also. And his son was born off the Hindu wife, uh, Jahangir. But the film had a story about uh, a dancing girl and Jahangir, the prince, who was going to become the emperor of India later, falls in love with this, uh, her name is Anarkali. And the father is totally opposed to that relationship. And it's it, packed with songs and battle sequences and very, very dramatic acting moments. And it, it's a grand film that was, you know, spectacular in black and white and with one color sequence because color was just coming in India. And then later, many years later, it was colorized. It was colorized and re-released, re yep. So the stage production, again, the staging is amazing and the dances and, you know, the way they, they, they depict the battle scenes, for instance, without having to actually show like huge armies, very creative. excited i got my tickets and i actually asked my parents you know who've lived in this country for more than 50 years if they wanted to go and my mother said oh of course i saw that movie three times your father loves the soundtrack of the movie so we'll definitely come so i think there is also like a nostalgia play for um, right for some indian immigrants right you know one challenge for kind of alternative programming or international programming, you know, on Broadway last year, for example, uh, storylines that featured people of color while they were very celebrated, they really struggled to get um, turnout in the audience. I'm just wondering if you have any tricks or, you know, kind of strategy that you've employed to make sure that your films get people in the seats. One of the tricks, and it doesn't always work, is if you show local stories, local films, especially in the shorts category, you know, 
these short filmmakers will bring their mothers and fathers and uncles and aunts and everybody in the neighborhood or something yeah. like that. It, 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 you know, in any case, we want to show Indian American stories. It's not just all films only made in, in India. But if the if people in the, the filmmakers feel more engaged, then it's even more exciting. Is there anything else that seem to keep an eye on uh, that you've heard about? Because I, I know you've mentioned a few other uh, productions. You mentioned one in Maryland. I'm actually thrilled to be in New York at this point in time. I came for the film festival. I live in India now. And I came for the film festival. And of course, I've, I've known about Monsoon Wedding and I knew about Life of Pi. But the fact is, I was able to see them. I saw uh, a, a work in progress version of Monsoon Wedding, the, sh the show in Delhi, before the a year before the pandemic. It was actually fun. I mean, if you know the film very well, and it's one of my favorite films, really, because it's it just speaks to me because it's it's set in Delhi. It's um, sort of India post-liberalization. It's about a upper-class wealthy family and there's a wedding happening. And also it's about global Indians. So because of the wedding happening, there are uncles and aunts coming from UK and there's family coming from Australia for the wedding. And then there's an upstairs downstairs story because we all grew up with domestic health. So it's also the story about the, the, the domestic health, the maid and her relationship with the wedding planner while the richer upper crust is doing their own thing. And it's because it's in Punjabi in a set in Delhi, it's a, it's a story that I feel like it's my story. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I love the film similarly. For me, it was this um, kind of coming of age because I saw it before I got married. What year did it come out? Early 2000s? It's 2001. 2001, yeah. So before I got married. And then I ended up marrying into a Punjabi family. And so there was something about that film that felt like kind of an initiation or a bit of a crash course in how Punjabi families, especially in Delhi, operate. Um, which I found actually to be quite truthful. Yeah, yeah so, no, it's yeah. it's a very authentic. Yeah. The Mira Nair herself and Sabina Dhawan, the the, the the woman who wrote the screenplay, are both Punjabis from Delhi. You know, they were looking truth. Of course, it deals with some dark realities. Also, it happens. It deals with child molestation. There's a case of child molestation, but that's just one subplot. Yeah, in a larger plot, which is a celebration of the wedding. Anything else we should be looking out for, Asim? Before I let you go. Well, that's. So much happening. I mean, you know, now so much of Indian cinema and Indian shows are streaming. I came to this country in 1981. And on a rare occasion, if Asia society would show an Indian film or something like that, I would go running for it. But now I, I feel there's so much India around. It's more Indians also, a lot more Indians. But it's, I think it, it's good. I mean, it, it, it's good because, you know, while we're living in America, I think culturally to stay connected with where your roots are. Hey, I go watch Hollywood films. John Wick 4, I loved absolutely. And I love seeing international films, but I like to see what's happening. And I live in India now, so I, you know, so I have a greater chance to see what's happening. But the theater scene is going to continue. More and more will happen. Yeah, that's good to hear. I Well, you and I were both involved in the South Asian Journalist Association. And there was a moment, you know, in the late 90s, early 2000s, where similarly like if there was a Indian guy with a book coming out we would host a reading and there would be lines around the block to get in and and then I think 
we started a to see more of that more organizations to put on programming for that and then at least in my case i don't know about you but we got really busy and it was hard to make everything yeah but you remember one of the most ex- uh, important events we did followed a tragedy of the ma- massive tsunami that hit, hit mm-hmm. southeast asia mm-hmm. we had 10 or 15 uh, indian south asian authors read everybody from jumpa lehri to uh, to get to make to salman rashti couldn't come he had to be in dallas that day i remember but anita desai you know her daughter kiran was sitting in the audience who went on to win the booker a couple of years later there was a sense even then that yeah we making it here yeah thank you asim to find tickets to any of the shows mentioned today click the links in our show notes That's all for today. Thanks for listening. And thanks for supporting us as we do our best to support our community. We couldn't do it without you. For more stories like this, visit us at epicenter-nyc.com. And if you're not already a member, sign up today by using the link in our show notes. Our intro music is All the Pretty Horses by Karavika. You can find more of their music on their website linked to in our podcast description. 